Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Well, hello there, and you join us here today to talk about the latest saga of the Swatch Times pandemic. This is the Swatch Times Blanc Pan, and what's coming up next? Join me in person, live, for our Watchfinder YouTube US tour. I'm visiting Boston, New York, and Philadelphia to present a live show about some of the things I've learned about watches and the journey I've had along the way. If you want to come, you can RSVP in the links in the description below. I look forward to seeing you all there. Tom, cast your mind back to 2022. We were all hyped for Watches and Wonders. We were looking forward to seeing what latest colour Rolex had chosen for its dial. And then something crazy happened. Do you remember what it was? Yes, bioceramic happened. The unexpected happened. We got a popular iconic watch in plastic for a fraction of its original RRP. Omega collaborated with Swatch and gave us the Moon Swatch. Oh, what a time to be alive. I know, right? The future is now, unfortunately. Um, Tom, yeah, and the, the big question over the collaboration was, is this a good thing or a bad thing for Omega? Of, co- of course, it's fine for Swatch. They sold buckets of the things. But mm. was Omega going to be helped by this collaboration? Was it going to get more eyeballs, a younger audience, a big boost, or was it going to just dirty its reputation? Yeah. Um, what was the general feedback that you remember on that? Um, yeah, I mean, my initial take was, uh, oh, I could just get the Mission to Moon one. The bioceramic is in grey. That looks the closest to an original moon watch. And yeah, there, there was a little bit of concern that this was going to take a a big bite out of Omega's lunch and maybe leave them <laughs> nowhere. But actually, I think the reverse happened, didn't it? I heard tales of Omega actually seeing an uptick in sales of the Moonswatch. People saying, hey, that's cool. Now I want the real one. Is that the case? Yeah, it was certainly reported as so by the Swatch CEO. The sales of the Speedmaster were up. Um, and I've also had it on good information from people who worked or were working at Omega Boutique's at the time of the Moonswatch hype, where they said customers were coming in either asking for the Moonswatch and then left with a Moonwatch, or had purchased a Moonswatch and upgraded to a Moonwatch, which is, uh, when it comes to brand, is a very, very unusual perspective because you think typically you would keep a great big separation between your affordable and your expensive so as not to muddy the waters, but people were able to get their heads around it and saw it as an opportunity to upgrade. Well, they're back at it again, but this time with Blancpain 
And based on what we were just saying there about the success that Omega had out of this collaboration, I also heard that a number of different brands within the Swatch group were vying to be the next to collaborate with Swatch and Blancpain won. So of course, this is the 70th anniversary of the 50 Fathoms. Um, some people say it wasn't made in 1953, but Blancpain do. And it was a very important watch because it was created for the French Navy with the introduction of the Aqualung scuba diving system for them to wear up to depths of 50 fathoms, which is 91 meters. Um, what's your initial take on the Blancpain 50 Fathoms Swatch collaboration, Watch Tom? My initial take was one of, again, confusion, similar to what happened when the Moon Swatch came out. <laughs> yeah, so I was a bit confused, but actually on seeing it, I was like, oh, it's kind of fun. I think it's quite fun. Um, let's have a quick look at the specs of this new watch. It is some 43mm across, similar to the 50 Fathoms. Comes in five different flavours, each one based around an ocean. There are five oceans. Uh, and you'll notice some pretty popping colour schemes which are borrowed from sea slugs or nudie branches that live indigenously to each one of those oceans. Yeah, that's what I wasn't expecting is um, I thought they'd do a, a like, a like for like. It looks like a 50 fathoms, but it's in plastic. I wasn't expecting sea slugs. So they always, the Swiss watch <laughs> industry always finds a way to surprise you, doesn't it? Yeah, I can imagine a, an executive lying in bed one night, frantically tossing and turning, trying to come up with an idea. And he says, bolt upright. His wife goes, oh, what is it? And he says, sea slugs. <laughs> Not enough people appreciate the 50 Fathoms and not enough people appreciate sea slugs. And I'm going to do something about it. <laughs> <laughs> Two of them borrow from mil-spec watches, uh, i.e. military specification. Um, they have the triangles, rectangles and circle markers instead of the numbers. But they also have, one of them, a no radiations marker and the other a moisture sensor, both of which were equipped to different mil-spec watches back in the day. Um, the moisture sensor, I think, is pretty self-explanatory. When this was a new technology, they wanted to make sure water wasn't leaking in, so it has a little device that says if any moisture, even a tiny bit, has got in there. But the no-radiations one is a little bit more unusual because, of course, it's, it's a watch, it's not a, a nuclear weapon. Mm. Um, are you familiar with why it has a no-radiation style? Presumably it's something to do with the fact that they used to paint on radium to get the, the luminescence on the on the markers and hands and things. So, And I think, is that to denote that they've stopped doing that and this watch is safe for consumption? <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. This watch can be licked safely. Um, <laughs> exactly. Because these were issued to the military, they wanted to make sure the one they were whipping out of the stores was going to be safe for the divers using them. So they slapped on a massive radiation logo. What I like about it is that the cross and no radiations is almost imperceptible. It just looks like radioactive. Uh, yeah. Radioactive. Yeah, the radioactive symbol is so cool. You don't want to you don't want to mess with it too much. Um the moisture <laughs> detector is that is that functional on the on the swatch version or is it purely decorative? I don't know. Dear viewer and listener, if you have the Swatch Times Blanc Pan with the moisture sensor on it, and you don't mind ruining it. <laughs> Why don't you try and find out? Let us know. Um, also comes with details like the Swatch logo engraved on the side. The mm -hmm. original has the Blanc Pan logo. 
uh, very contentious, engraved in massive letters on the side. Both will collect dead skin. Yes, you will have your bi-monthly harvest with a soft bristled toothbrush. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> you also get a NATO strap, colour coordinated, made from recycled netting. That's which nice. Is nice. I like that. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping that the netting has been recovered from the ocean and they're not just buying it straight out of yeah. the net factory and then using that. That would be less. They're buying just bags and bags of oranges, throwing the oranges away and making the straps from the nets. <laughs> um, and it's also packing the System 51 automatic movement. Now, the System 51 came out in 2013 as an automatic version of a Swatch, but to make it affordable, it's entirely made by machine. Um, manufactured, assembled, and regulated as a byproduct of that, it is not serviceable. You cannot regulate it, you cannot take it apart and clean it, you can't relube it. It is one and done. So with the Quartz Moon Swatch, you could replace the battery. Now, I'm not sure about this. I don't know what the longevity of these movements is like. I've heard differing stories, but it does kind of go against the environmental theme a little bit. So it's like a plast it's like a mechanical movement, but it's all it's made it's mostly plastic, right? And it's all assembled by robots, you know, highly automated system that it goes through and it just comes out stuck together, one, and it's almost kind of disposable in that sense, because you can't do anything with it. Yeah. There are some metal bits, but a lot of it is plastic. Um system fifty one, because there are fifty one parts, one of them is a screw. But to me, the biggest disappointment for this watch, uh, above anything else, is the lack of a catchy name. <laughs> Moon Swatch worked really well. This is the Blancpain Time Swatch Scuba 50 Fathoms. Yeah, well, I don't think it's even that. It's So if we were to pick a specific watch, it would be the Blancpain Time Swatch Bioceramic Scuba 50 Fathoms Collection Arctic Ocean Edition. So th yeah, that's a bit of a mouthful. What do you suggest? Um, some good suggestions I've heard. Thrifty Fathoms. Good. Um, system 51 Fathoms. If they chucked away one part from the System 51, it could have been the System 50 Fathoms. That would have been good. Oh, yeah. That screw you mentioned. So that's the watch. Let's talk about what the reaction has been like. The Moon Swatch had its cues for days and days and days. I've not seen as much hype around this as much talk, but I've certainly seen hype and I've certainly seen cues. Yeah. The big worry was that the Blancpain name wasn't going to be strong enough, but I have a theory that the Swatch Times Omega gave enough credence to the Swatch Times moniker that whenever they worked with another watch brand, the, let's face it, scalpers were going to be there at first light at the front of the queue. So like you said earlier, there, there were the other brands in the Swatch group that were sort of clamoring to be next for the Swatch Times collaboration. And I kind of felt like, it was a little bit when, when Blancpain were like, oh, oh, do me, do me next. Yeah, like hello fellow kids. Like it was like the granddad going into the <laughs> hip marketing agency and saying, right, what we can do, we like your 50 fathoms, but have you thought about bright coloured plastic? And it, I kind of felt like it's sort of missing the point. But actually, when I think about it, it's... Swatch isn't about that at all, is it? Swatch is about fun, it's about value. And they do a lot of these collaborations. They do a lot of arty collaborations. You know, you've got the the museum pieces that they did. You've got these recent artworks, like you've got the 
the the Great Wave and the This Is Not a Pipe, the Magritte collaborations, and they kind of feel a bit like souvenirs. They you, no one's going to say, well, I, well, I can't afford the Great Wave on my wall, so I'm just going to get it on a swatch. It's like it's just a fun kind of souvenir kind of thing, isn't it? Mm. And I think this makes sense for it, it, it's similar to these watches, like the first watch on the moon, like it's an iconic iconic timepiece and let's have a fun swatch version same thing like the the first serious dive watch and here's a fun swatch collaboration it's just like a little kind of it feels like a little token a little souvenir to me it's not a serious watch and i don't i don't think we need to look at it too seriously either I think you're exactly right. It's a bit like when you go to the museum and you see they've got a big sword and you think, I wish I had that sword. And then when you go to the museum yeah. gift shop afterwards, they have that sword <laughs> as a keychain or a fridge magnet. The plastic one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is that. Yeah. yeah, it's a plastic sword in a museum gift shop. I, th- I think there is partially good faith in this, in creating a fun, mm. affordable version of an iconic watch to celebrate an anniversary and to bring more eyeballs to that brand. Um... I also think there's the cynical side of the physical availability, the limitation of availability, the, the the general desire to create hype around it, such that the inability to buy one perpetuates the desire to have one. I don't criticise them yes. for it. That's just how things work. If you want something to be successful, you have to generate the hype around it. And they've done a very, very good job of that. And they've replicated that with this. Um, I will say as well that there does seem to be a lot of negative response to this, and I'm not really sure why, because I hear contradictory terms. One, people saying, this is destroying an icon, it's not for the enthusiasts. And also people saying, Swatch have manufactured this whole release so that scalpers are going to get it, and the enthusiasts can't. And I'm sat here thinking, well, do the enthusiasts want it or not? I will consider myself one. Yeah, I'd quite like one. I'm not going to queue for one. I'll get one down the line when they have them in the shops in the same way I did the Moon Swatch. But I also think as well is that we could find ourselves in a situation where Blancpain dies again and the process of resurrecting a brand these days... Um, Jean-Claude Beaver bought Blancpain in the 80s or something for like $22,000. It's not going to be that simple. It's a much more crowded market. And a bit like how Porsche introduced the KN to boost sales so it could keep making the 911, there were some people who were of the attitude they'd rather see the 911 disappear than see Porsche make the KN. And I feel like some people would rather see Blancpain disappear than make this watch, which to me is sad. I I want to see it successful because it's an iconic watch. And the Swatch Group have reported that making the Moon Swatch drove up sales of the Moon Watch. Now, it's a numbers game, mm. really, isn't it? Because let's say they sold a million Moon Swatches, which I think was the number that was touted around last time. You only have to take yeah. a small fraction of that to go, okay, I'm going to buy a Moon Watch for it to become successful uh, in selling through to the Moon Watch because the Moon Swatch yeah. has gone to so many people. So you could say, from one perspective, it's a failure because they sold a million and they didn't then sell a million Moon Watches straight afterwards. But it's yeah. marketing, isn't it? It's a leaflet version of the real thing. So you know it exists. Most people will look at the leaflet and throw it on the floor or forget about it, but some might go through and get that real thing in the end. You only need a little bit of conversion because the final product is so expensive. It's more of a brand awareness exercise, I think, isn't it? 
it's it's not about it's it's getting people to the door and not necessarily like having them leave with a real 50 fathoms it's just like hey we exist hello so i think the real problem with this actually isn't the relationship between Blancpain and Swatch. I think that's been proven to be successful, that you get more benefit from it than you do detriment. Presumably the net amount of Speedmaster sales was up, so there were more people going and buying actual Speedmasters than there were backing out of buying one because of the collaboration. But with the Speedmaster, a few years before, they created the perfect version. They improved the bracelet, they improved the wind, they improved the movement. Every aspect of it was refined to make it a very, very desirable and clean watch. You go on the Omega website, yes, they've got lots of different moon watches, but the one at the top is the one that you recognize. It's the first one. With yeah. the Blancpain 50 Fathoms, first and foremost, the website is from about 2004. <laughs> and secondly, when you finally make your way to the 50 Fathoms page, you have to get to page four before you see the watch that looks like the Swatch version. You're faced with loads of bathyscaph, yeah. um, bejeweled versions, crazy complicated versions. There's 104 different versions, many, many similar looking versions. It's very confusing. So all they've done there is made it more difficult for people to make that connection. They're going to give up along the right. way because they're going to think, oh, I can't be bothered to find my way to the watch that I was looking at. Just forget it. So it could be that these Swatch versions are the definitive 50 Fathoms. So you... <laughs> They're canon. So I suppose that leads us on to the question, what next? Now, I'm just going to list for you, Tom, the watch brands that the Swatch group has under its umbrella. Breguet, Harry Winston, Blancpain, Glasseter Original, Jacques Edreau, Leon Hattard, Omega, Longines, Rado, Union Glasseter, Tissot, Balmain, Satina, Mido, Hamilton, Flickflack... And of course, Swatch. Um, yeah. How expensive or how cheap do you think they will go? Do you think they'll do a Longines or a Hamilton? Do you think they'll do a Breguet with Swatch? I don't think it's really the price tag because I think fifty the fifty fathoms is the high tier price bracket. I I, I would I think it's more about how iconic a timepiece it is because, like I said before, it's you know those Swatch collaborations they tend to. Go for something that's a little bit historic, you know, works of art. Um, so I would, I would try and maybe look for something in each of those brands' catalogues that has something that has a bit of a story to tell, and then you can get the Swatch souvenir version. Um, so I would, my guess would be the the Breguet Mary Antoinette, that <laughs> that that mad pocket watch that they lost and then found again and then tried to piece back together. Yeah, that just looks like a crazy mechanical glitch in the matrix storm of parts yeah um, i'd love to see a plastic version of that yeah with the system 1683 caliber inside <laughs> yeah exactly yeah um but yeah i suppose i think there's room for more collabs why not um collect them all watches are a collectible interest aren't they it's yes yeah. i think there's there's some there's some fun to be had i would be surprised to see a swatch times Hamilton khaki field because I think that's there's a an easier decision to make there isn't it I may as well just pay a hundred pounds more and get the real one yeah um so yeah I'm, I'm not sure I think it's got to be more iconic um and more and, and then you can broaden that appeal by bringing the price tag down yeah I don't think there'll be a swatch times Tiso PRX that <laughs> would be a little confusing yeah. but perhaps a Breguet Classique 
um, one of the Glass Hitter originals. Mm. Um, yeah. Many different opportunities there. And my word of advice to them would be prepare the model that you're going to duplicate so it's at its best before you do the Swatch collaboration so people can go and find it and buy it. So you mentioned something earlier about other non-Swatch group brands. Now, I wonder two things, because I do know that the Swatch group has experimented with other watches already. I believe they have a Seamaster. I also believe that they've potentially even done a Daytona and a Nautilus, kind of weighing up the options, checking out the legality around it. Do you think Swatch right. might ever partner with a non-Swatch group brand and do a license deal? And do you think other non-Swatch group brands might do the same thing with their own watches? You need your own proprietary plastic first. And Breitling's got that ready to go, haven't they? They've got the Bright Light, which they use in the Endurance Pro. So they could do a Bright Light Navitimer, couldn't they? That's ready. Um, I think a Monaco would be great. I think that would work. Swatch have already got the What If collection, haven't they? Those square swatches. So that would translate perfectly into a Monaco if Tag Heuer's up for that. Yeah, why not? I get I I I can see I can see room for everyone. Why stop the fun here? Let's bioceramic the world. <laughs> Maybe we'll see harmony from the watch groups yet slash monopoly. That said, a cheap plastic version of all your hit models is a slippery slope isn't it because <laughs> as soon as we start introducing cheaper alternatives to expensive watches then um yeah we might see a slight crash in the industry perhaps i'm not sure <laughs> yeah it's like the chipmunks cover of radiohead okay when you put it like that we'll probably be fine <laughs> Dear viewer and listener, what do you think of the Blanc Pan Time Swatch 50 Fathoms collaboration and what do you think it has in store for future collaborations with Swatch and perhaps any other brand? Let me know down in the comments below. Meanwhile, please do like and subscribe and go over to watchfinder.com for your next watch. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.